Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tabletop Shenanigans Podcast. No other podcast gets as much stuff correct about 40k as much as we do. On today's podcast, we have my always lovely co-host. I have never seen a man miss so many 2-plus armor saves on custodies. It's Matthew. Hey, everybody. GW is getting tired of getting so many letters from this man for a toaster's only army. It's Nick. Yo, yo, yo. Next, a man who's not yet annoyed by the are you playing chaos jokes with his dark angels. It's your boy, Phil. Hey, hey, people. And back from the dead, it's your other boy, Alex. Hi. <laughs> so anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. And finally, it's me, Hi. your host, <laughs> Felipe. I like you. So, boys, ninth edition. It's coming, and not in a Primark possibly coming back way, in a real possibly next month way. So tonight, let's talk some rules and rumors, what we like, what we don't like, and how something will absolutely be abused by some Iron Hands player for some revenge. So let's start with some terrain talk. Let's take it away. What do you guys think? Well, I think that if a train features at least three inches tall, and uh, you're... One second. Uh... You know, you can draw a straight line through it, but it's not, that's one millimeter in thickness to every part at least. Uh... <laughs> no, that uh, dense cover rule is quite funny, but. Uh... It's bonkers. Just the wording alone is just kind of uh, mind boggling when you first look at it and you really have to focus to draw in the bigger picture. Yeah. My brain, my brain. I'll be excited because reading uh, it in, in all of the core rule books, they always have Wait like diagrams. Second. They always have these diagrams that like show you how to target stuff. I'd be really interested to see how they're going to put that into a diagram. Wait a second. We're supposed to play this game with terrain. Dang. No. No. Wait, what? Who, who told us we had to play this game with terrain? Not me. Is there a Warhammer Jesus? Yeah, right. Am I pre- Are there like there a, Warhammer rules? Oh, like, is terrain are there, required or? Is there a rule book of the holy book right? of uh, terrain? a little bit required, yeah. Wow. I'm sure the Admech player would love to play on a table with no terrain. Yeah, yes. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the open space of the Imperium, yes. <laughs> just destroy everything that you can see oh man listen <laughs> sorry guys something funny Stop. no nothing happened it's been redacted hopefully <laughs> <laughs> my hope that is that so it was redacted what's this whole uh, what's this whole uh, one that you guys are talking about with the um with the one that you guys are saying it's going to be difficult to make out. Can you can you read it out exactly? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Matt, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, I don't care either way. All right. Take I'll it away. read it then. <clears throat> so this is for the dense cover rules. I believe this was in the uh, Tyranids uh, faction focus that released in Warhammer Community. So if you want to find it, you can find it there. Uh, if this terrain feature is at least three inches in height, then subtract... Uh, one from uh, the hit rolls when resolving an attack with a ranged weapon. Pretty simple, right? 
Oh, wait. I forgot. It goes on. Uh, unless you can draw straight lines, one millimeter in thickness to every part of at least one model's base or hull and the target unit from a single point on the attacking model's base or hull without any of those lines passing over or through any part of any terrain feature with this trait. Period. Models whoa, whoa, whoa. that are... Oh, no, there's more. There's more. Would you like me to continue? Oh, or do you want to do a commentary? Oh, uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> but that, was, that wasn't even half of it, Nick. Oh, jeez. Yeah, models that are on or within an area terrain feature with this uh, trait do not suffer this penalty. If the only terrain feature these lines pass over or through is the terrain feature that the attacking model is on or within models within three inches of an obstacle terrain feature obstacle terrain feature with this trait do not suffer this penalty if the only terrain feature these lines pass over or through is the terrain feature yeah exactly that the attacking model is within three inches of the height of a terrain feature is measured oh i'm sorry period uh, so that, that was the end of something. I don't know exactly what that said. I have an idea of what it all means together, but if you told me to decipher each individual sentence, I couldn't do it for you. But uh, the last part is the height of a terrain feature is measured from the highest point on that terrain feature. You're missing the most important part of that. And no that penalty be? when shooting at aircraft and use with wounds characteristics of 18 plus. Uh, I believe that's just, that's just in the bullet points below. That was not in the text that I just read out. <laughs> so just below that huge text block that's nearly incomprehensible is, of course, a very easy to understand three bullet point list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, subtract one from hit rolls for ranged weapons. But if the terrain features at least three inches tall, uh, does not apply to mo- models that are uh, only shooting through their own terrain feature. And uh, this penalty doesn't apply to models that are, that are aircraft have the aircraft keyword or at least 18 wins but guys yes. remember ninth edition is supposed to simplify everything so, so this I mean, is simpler i understood that now it, it does and i mean it, it seems really confusing in text but in gameplay it's going to be pretty simple i mean effectively if at from one point of your shooting model you can see the entire base of the target model that's uncovered they do not get the subtraction from one from the shooting if every model is within the train feature and you can't see all the the base from any point of your shooting model then you do subtract one i mean (laughs) i mean i guess they're just making more detailed so people because you know vagueness was the was the scourge of eighth edition when you could really just take something it did not mean what you think it mean, knowing it doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah, and like, like standing on top of a box, you're like, well, I'm in cover. Well, no, not anymore. <laughs> so I think the specificity is just really good well, because now there's no denying, like, that's not what I meant. I meant this. This – see, the but here's the thing about that though, right? That's just with this rule. Like you talk about standing on the box. Uh, this is specifically dense cover appears to be something that modifies cover. So different terrain pieces or to some effect will have whether they give dense cover or not. If I'm understanding this correctly, because yeah. I don't think this is how just regular cover will work. Otherwise, yeah. it would just be so, called cover. Yeah, there's another so, section that talks about light cover. Um, is there? I yeah, must have yeah. missed that. 
It's up a little bit higher. It was in a separate section. This was uh, this must is something have been different. earlier. Yeah. There we go. Light cover, so, heavy yeah. cover. And then there's another one for obscuring as well. As um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, those look to be nowhere near as wordy or ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's a little the obscuring one. I saw. I mean, it's a little janky. If you read that one, if the train features at least five inches in height, then models cannot see through it or over this train feature. That means that one model is not visible to another if you cannot draw a straight line, one millimeter in thickness between them without it passing through or over any part of the train feature. So if you have a box that's five inches tall and you have a custody that's holding a banner, it's probably gonna be sticking out over the banner but since you can't draw a line to the model without crossing through that train, you cannot see the target. It's just kind of helping out for big models with wings and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's, it's just helping kind of clarify like, well, I can see the banner so I can shoot you. Well, not anymore. You have to be able to draw a straight line from your model to my model without crossing through the train, which is really awesome because uh, eighth edition did get kind of confusing and um, trying to hide your Magnuses. It, there was, there was a lot of, uh, I guess, not not so much arguing, but there was a lot of clarification that had to be done mid-game to determine whether you could actually see a target and shoot at that target. So adding stuff like that will make a big difference. And effectively, it makes first floors of buildings line of sight blocking train and second floors of buildings because you have to cross through the train to be able to see that target. So, uh, I mean, I, I imagine that's what they mean by it. But they do talk about light cover just like being within uh, train benefits plus ones to your saving throw still, which is pretty cool. And then they have heavy cover, which benefits uh, against saving throws and attacks made against you. But um, not a few were charged this turn. Yeah. I am really liking all these new cover terrain rules. It just lets you, it just makes melee armies just that much better, honestly. It's really nice to finally get them. I agree. Uh, melee armies need a huge buff nowadays, and it seems like all GW's been liking so far is like all these ranged things. You know, obviously like Eldar is not a melee army. Iron what Hands aren't a melee not. army. It's a melee oh, army, right? God. Yeah. Oh, God. But, I mean, it's definitely... I feel like, uh, just from the way that things look, I really feel like... Uh, melee is going to be king in ninth edition, at least at the start, until we get some FAQs and stuff like that. Um, just like everything, like even the vehicles being able to shoot while they're in combat, I felt like that was a knee jerk reaction. Like they're playing, like they're having the guys play test, and they're realizing that like you are getting charged turn two, so like your tanks are getting one turn of combat with these smaller table sizes before they're just engulfed in troops and they're like hmm how do we make tanks still playable so we can sell them oh yeah let's make them be able to shoot even when they get charged turn one or turn two <laughs> well and so, also just to just to piggyback on that uh with how they with how big guns never tired the rule that lets them shoot into combat how it's worded uh you, you don't even have to shoot all your shots into the melee like if you're able to kill the entire melee after you've like you know declared all your shots going to all its places, you can shoot out of it. So if you, they're like trying to keep you down with like five dudes, let's say, you can put like all your sponsons into the dudes, and if that can kill them, then you can still shoot your main gun 
at whatever you chose to shoot your main gun at. But obviously, if you don't kill them, then you don't get any shots. What they did was they actually clarified on the big guns never tire. I don't I don't see it in here, at least in my notes that I have here. But I remember reading it. Blast weapons can never be shot in melee. So like a yeah. Lehman Russ battle tank, he has sponsons, which would all be able to be shoot into the targets that he's in melee with. But his his battle cannon could never be shot into his own melee. Uh, Cause you wouldn't turn your tank barrel straight down and shoot it yourself. Cause that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So uh, can you shoot other, can you shoot yeah. other targets? So I can declare my, my cannon to shoot at another target. However, it can only actually shoot the other target. If my sponsors are, are away are able to clear away what's in like, what's touching me. Yeah. And so also with the blast rules, before we get off of that blast is awesome. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, like if there's a ton of dope. dudes. Oh my God. So basically like, they're just giving all vehicles behemoth, steel behemoth rules. Right. Uh, Is that what? No, because really. steel behemoth, you can actually, I can, you can be in combat with me and I can just shoot at whatever I want. Um, currently in eighth edition in the new I edition, thought- I can't do that. I can only, I can only really shoot what's touching me. Unless if I kill all of them and I declared my rest of my shooting somewhere else. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like be smart about how you do it. Yeah. It's still like eighth edition rules where Mm -hmm. you have to declare all your shots before you start shooting. You know, you can't be like, all right, I'm gonna shoot this sponson and then this sponson and then this sponson. Now I'm going to target your tank. (laughs) For some reason, I thought still behemoth only, only let you shoot things that weren't, you weren't in combat with already. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just thinking it wrong. It's still behemoth lets you shoot your sponsons into melee. Like the you're talking about for the bane blade. Yeah. Yeah. That I believe that one lets you shoot your sponsons into melee, like with yourself. Like you can use them as melee weapons. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Don't quote yeah. me. Uh, but we are blade. the podcast that gets the most right about uh, 40k. So 100 percent. 100 percent. I have never been wrong. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I can't remember a time that I was wrong, so you know. But you could still shoot your main battle weapons out of combat with the Steel Behemoth rule. I love that rule. That's that a was good my rule. point. <laughs> I was, actually, rule. yeah, with a with a Bane Blade, you're almost wanting to get charged, so you can't get shot at, and you can just keep shooting at whatever you want. It's pretty fun. Unless that's a knight, Unless that's I wouldn't want to be charged by a knight. That would be better than getting like shot by knight. <laughs> Unless it's like a melee knight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> who really runs melee knights? Oh, one hundred percent. I love melee knights. Those things okay. are so much fun. <laughs> Boys, he said it. He said the cursed word. I melee, love knights. melee knights. <laughs> me, <laughs> me like big sword. Big sword go. <laughs> I just find it hilarious. My I just find it hilarious that people run the the power fist on it, and it's just like. But why? Chainsaw does what? Yeah. It's have you just, good enough? Have you ever yeah. just wanted to punch someone in giant robot form? I mean, don't I'm, get I, me wrong. I, it looks cool. It looks absolutely so cool. But like, nah. Can we talk about that? Actually, I don't like power fists on knights. They make the hand look really small. Like you have all these oversized weapons and stuff, but the fist is literally really small. But if you look at like regular power fists, yeah, the some fists power fists are. Yeah. 
I can agree with that. Right. This is far too reasonable for a 40k yeah. fist on a giant <laughs> robot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that bothers me because the reason why I don't like the fist weapons, it looks like a basic hand, right? And to me, power fists are like these bulky, over the top, unnecessary looking weapons. I agree. It looks kind of silly. So, like. No, no, no! You're wrong. It doesn't look silly enough, Alex. It should look sillier. It should be like a, a balloon. And it should have 15 skulls all over it because it's 40k. Oh, it does. It does have 15 skulls all over it. What do you guys think about these uh, these uh, new board sizes, though? I I like that they are smaller. I don't like the method we have to do to get to that size. We have to buy new mats. Um, um, stuff like that, stuff like, stuff like that, stuff like, stuff that's not really relevant to the game, relevant. but is kind of relevant because now if you want to now run a tournament, you, to run you have to buy all new mats all new or just tape them off, whatever them you have to do. But like, it's just a hassle. Like, it's just a hassle. I get it. I get, I get what they're trying to do. As right? a tournament, though, I mean, as like the host of a tournament, you can determine like if I have 40 10 by or four by six tables i can just say hey in this event we're going to be using four by six tables but and if you it, go to a gt and you see that they're taping off mats or doing something like that i would be a little peeved if i paid 60 bucks and they don't even have the right size mats well i mean that's that's i mean that's your choice like that's what i'm saying but as a host of a tournament i could just say hey we're going to play on four by six tables we're not going to tape off the mats we're just going to play on a full-size table and that's fine because it's a minimum size and the, the the boards are laid out to work either way or however it is. Um, it won't it won't affect gameplay in that in that big of a scale, uh, just doing it for one event. But from everything that I've read, it's just that the game has been optimized as far as I think because we're getting big point increases that we don't know about yet. Everything's going to go up in points. So we're going to be playing with smaller armies. Uh, but yeah, everything's, chaos. everything's been optimized to play on these certain table sizes, but they still give you the option by calling them a minimum size to play on whatever size table you want if you want to. I mean, I assume the minimum sizes are going to be what they use for like standard play, like tournament base and all that. And yeah. uh, I feel kind of bad for the people that unironically purchased the Realm of Battle. You know, that big thing, the big plastic thing that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's no longer yeah, the right size. And you can't just you can't just do like something about that behemoth of a map, you know? Well, I mean, that board, that board had problems to begin with. It wasn't oh, yeah. flat. Sure. That's, that's it, already bad. It, it, it has problems, right? But it is also very cool. It is. And now... Like, especially the imperial the the, uh, the imperial sector or imperial spec sector one uh i couldn't speak there for a second that has like the streets and everything and i mean that yeah. one looks really awesome but my biggest problem with them over just like your regular game mat is the noise i can't stand Weak. rolling dice on those plastic tables <laughs> I, I didn't hear I thought I didn't hear you correctly yeah, I at first. I was like, did you say noise? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, it makes it it makes an incredibly noise. annoying clanking sound all over it. It's it is kind of annoying. Honestly, um, guys, that's such a weak mindset. It's, it's yeah. annoying, dude. <laughs> um I will throw in my two cents though about this. 
as a guy that's mostly just like you know not competitive and mostly just for like fun and narrative and such i really couldn't care less i'm just gonna keep playing on the same board size that i have and if i get somebody that you know comes over and wants to play on the newer board size we'll just all right here it is it's cut off right there but in general i really don't care i mostly play melee armies so it kind of helps me a little bit and if i do come across it i'll just have to readjust to maybe see if i can get a little bit closer and maybe get some alpha strikes and such but for the most part it, i feel like a huge chunk <clears throat> of the uh, of the community is just going to flat out ignore this some of them will care but most will just be like yeah okay i'll play on one or the other it just really depends on what's going on so yeah. the problem is i think the tos have decided for um for um, itc wise that they've decided that we are using the minimum board sizes that's the official announcement so far that's, I, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know i don't know if it'll change don't know if it'll change once size edition comes out i guess we just have to see right we don't we don't know all i know is cultists went up from four points a model to six points a model crazy yeah I well mean, we know yeah. how many points necron warriors are as well I how many points are they that? Uh, it, it was on the faction focus. I don't That's crazy. Again. I think that uh, back to the point of board size. Um, I think it's going to be something that uh, you know, like Felipe was saying. A lot of people might still consider using their four by six tables for right now, but I think eventually in the future, what you're going to see is you're going to see that get phased out as people that are currently making mats like uh, Frontline Gaming and and gamemat.edu will eventually stop producing six by four mats because you know that's not the standard table size anymore uh eventually it'll be those will be like specialty ones and there'll be far less of them and you'll see you know them you've already seen like frontline gaming uh and other the other big companies have already started making four by or the the, the 60 by 44 inch mats which will be the new standard game size uh, so eventually, you know, there will be some resistance at first, but if they continue, as everything GW does, though. yeah, if, if you continue this path <clears throat> and they they continue to draw this out into future editions, not going back to six by four, then I imagine that eventually everybody will be playing on a, uh, the the sixty by forty four inch table in the long run, regardless of whether they decide like at this exact moment when we started, or if it's you know two or three years down the line. I, I think it'll be okay, honestly, because I don't think the problem – I think the problem is people are just so resistant to change. They don't want to change anything ever. Because and, yeah. it's America. That's fair. We don't change. Let's get it. Wow. America's buying people from British companies. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's pretty, so much the resistance to change. It's just the fact that this is a game that really – you can play however you want to. I mean if there are people I'm sure out there that are playing like – fourth edition right now they don't really care what is going on man right now. there are some people playing epic i'm pretty sure yeah. people are still buying trading selling epic models jeez yeah. <laughs> i mean everything battlefield gothica is still a game that's played by people even though they haven't made new models for that in like a decade or longer yeah, some people play necromunda yeah, Necromunda <laughs> is still a game. People still Whoa, choose. Man. Hey, hey, hey! Even... I love Necromunda. That's a fun game. Even, yeah, even though they 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 replaced Necromunda with the new Necromunda, 
uh, people still <laughs> opt to play the original Necromunda. Over Man, people are still playing. Stuff. People are still playing fantasy. Oh, Ooh. this is true. People do still play Warhammer Fantasy. <laughs> no, guys, people are still playing Warhammer 40k. Oh, like eighth wow. edition, crazy. Eighth oh, edition. Man. I mean, all those idiots know a new on, edition guys. is coming out. What are they doing? So yeah, right. 2019. Eighth ed. I'm already in twelfth ed, bro. I personally, at least from from us and doing the podcast and battle report stuff, I, I will be making the new standard. Well, new minimum size tables for us to use just so, you know, it's, you know, what what people are using and stuff for the edition. So that's what we will be using here based on whatever game sizes we decide to play. Right. And I like- also, uh, just to answer Nick's little query from earlier, and then I'll let you finish what you're saying. Uh, Necron Warriors are 12 points per model. Cool. What would they be for? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't play Necrons. I've never. I think there were nine. I'm pretty sure they were cheap, way cheaper. So, than... do we so, know they're increasing the point points of games too? I want to or... say that they were 12 points per model before. Well, it says it's mm-hmm. an increase. No, maybe not. It like... says warriors will be increasing in points, more specifically, to 12 points per model. So it'd be really weird if they say specifically they're increasing in points, but actually they're staying the same. I think yeah. they <laughs> actually, yeah, thinking about now, they either went up by one point or by two points. Because I know a 20 man blob of Warriors is 200 XX. Like, I don't know what the last two are, but it's 200 something something. So they had to have been at least 10 points, uh, if not 11 points. Because I really want to say they're 220 points for a squad of 20 of them. But I could be wrong. But I'm never wrong, so I'm right. Yeah, Let's you're see. right. GW was wrong. Yeah, GW doesn't know their own products. Well, I mean, they. Does. Yeah, exactly. There are 11 points per model. So, yeah, see, look, a one point yeah, increase on on warriors. Nice. So I, I mean, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see that being a. Uh, so they go from a blob of 20 goes from 220 to 240, which I mean is significant when you have two squads. It's a 40 point increase. You might have more than that now. I mean, yeah, because they're troop choices. It matters on troops' choices when you want more troops' choices. Yeah, but I mean, typically, especially at least with Necrons, I know typically you don't bring more than forty warriors. That's a that's a lot of warriors. Yeah, but the warriors are getting cooler now. New model, take more. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) I mean, they might get they might get new things. They got a shotgun. They might make. Yeah, they may they may make reanimation hey, protocols hey, hey, on two. Those are gauze reapers, sir. Yeah, we know that you haven't been here, but we already talked about this. And warriors got some some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, pal. Yeah, because you, you were dead, and now yeah. you're now you pass your reanimation protocol. It was it was a little while, but how it's a three up roll twice. How did you mess it up? You have so many opportunities. I've seen worse variants during him playing Warhammer. <laughs> like whenever uh, he tries to play Dark Eldar, the shadow oh, fields. Dang. <laughs> hey, it can't be worse than that one time I was playing that Dark Eldar player, and he had that one model with the two Binvuln, 
Yeah, the shadow field. That's what that's, we're talking about. Sure. The shadow field. <laughs> yeah, the, sh- the shadow field. Uh, yeah. That's another tally. That's another tally for Nick. Yeah. 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 I had mm-hmm. I had, th- I had three archons, and all of them failed the first try in their shadow field. That takes some. That uh, takes two a game, special two games kind of bad. Yeah, two two games in a row. Can't actually, be worse than so. Matt when he lost that one tournament because uh, of turns. Rip. Hey, uh, Alex, I do have one uh, recommendation for you whenever playing the Drakari. Have you tried never playing Drakari because they're the worst? You know, I have tried playing them, and I've done <laughs> so maybe if I don't play them, I'll Jesus be better. Jesus Christ, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a PG... So it's in the, uh, what is the word? MA18 podcast. Oh. New stratagems. Hey. Let's talk about new stratagems. <laughs> So we got oh, some pretty can't. cool ones. You uh, can't change what's been done already. The the only stratagems <laughs> that I've seen so far, besides the faction focus that we're not going to get into tonight, um, the only two like broad scale stratagems I've seen so far were cut them down, which is one that you use when an enemy unit falls back. Uh, you get a roll of d6 for each model. And... Uh, on the result of six, they suffer a mortal wound, which is pretty cool. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, you have the desperate breakout that says that uh, select one unit that has not been selected to move this phase that is within engagement range. Uh, you roll a D6 for each model in that unit. And on a result of one, a model is slain, so kind of like the explosion rules. Um, and then you can fall back, but you can move across enemy models as if they're not there. So if like there's no more encircling a unit, so that they can't escape combat, because you can just pay two CP so that they can, they have a chance of dying when they do it, but they get a guarantee to pull out of combat essentially. what that's crazy yeah i mean I it's think, gonna be big because like right now yeah, like pinning, sure. pinning a model is like huge for like say a harlequins player if i can get if i can pin units with my bikes so that you can't shoot at them and then i can fall back shoot and charge again in the same turn with my bikes uh that's big for me but if you can just get out no matter what i do as far as encircling you uh that's gonna make it like far more devastating for assault armies again i feel like these are knee-jerk reactions to to uh uh melee armies being so powerful in ninth edition that they're trying to make a way for units like tau yeah, and stuff like that to to have that's a pretty chance good on the table well also, also don't you ignore yeah go ahead go for it i was just gonna say you know the other core stratagem is of course the ability to fire Overwatch. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I you forgot about, about that. That, one. <laughs> that, that, that tiny thing. Sorry, uh, entire, <laughs> Yeah. Well, so the thing about Overwatch is, uh, in their little Overwatch-like focus thing, um, they don't say, you know, when you use the stratagem, uh, you get to fire Overwatch in the Overwatch rule. They say certain rules enable units to fire Overwatch on an enemy unit before it can charge. Meaning there are probably going to be things other than the stratagem that let you fire Overwatch. So certain units or certain armies will get to fire Overwatch more than just once per turn, like Tau. I assume. Gross. I mean, I don't personally like the new Overwatch rule. 
I think it's kind of silly that you can only Overwatch once. And I think, honestly, I don't know, man. It kind of just seems a little iffy that they would change the rules of Overwatch like that. So well, here's again, a genuine question like from me. Here's a genuine question from me to you guys. Was there something really genuinely wrong with uh, with Overwatch? I thought it was fine. Like, yeah, it made I, sense. I agree. I mean, as the guy that gets to fire, you know, 80 Overwatch shots, rerolling all failed hits and wounds. And wounding of on twos. Feels fine, right? Uh, yeah, it right. feels probably pretty good. Yes, I am. I mean, uh, yeah, yes. but like you're also talking about an army to where the way that I win is not by shooting you off the board, but by being, you know, strategic and like setting things up to where I can do shenanigans like that. It's not an easy army to play. It's yeah, not Admic is an army that army. shoots you off the board. You really have to make usage of all those fast units you have to take control of the board. You know hey, I mean? hey, hey, I have hey, fast hey, units hey, now. Yes, I know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, but why would I need to think so, when I can just let the game one, play itself one thing that, and let them run at me? One, with Overwatch, one thing that is said about world failed hits and wounds. Sorry, go ahead. Nick, cut you off, Alex. Uh, but you know, one thing <laughs> that it said is, it. <laughs> one thing that it said was that uh, certain rules enable units to fire Overwatch. So imagine, like, instead of Tau getting the the buff where they get to shoot Overwatch in addition to other units that are shooting Overwatch, like they do currently, they could just rewrite the rule for Tau in general that every model in your army gets to fire overwatch so you just get overwatch without having to pay cp for it as a tau player yeah um, that's kind of what i was getting at yeah so i mean it's, it's not oh. saying that tau is going to be or that overwatch is not going to be a thing it's saying that not every model on the board is going to get overwatch anymore it's going to be something that if you don't have overwatch you can spend cp to get overwatch for certain models maybe are you saying like maybe some models just have the innate rule of overwatch yes yeah. that's what it, it okay. clearly states in the rule here that certain rules enable units to fire overwatch at enemy unit before they charge that's it so you know it, i'd imagine it's going to be an inbuilt rule into certain models like mainly tau i imagine tau losing the ability to have like their current rule which i cannot remember the name of for the life for of the me. greater good for the greater good so for the greater good no longer means that oh you're charging this unit well everybody else in six inches also gets to shoot overwatch now it's just for the greater good or they reword it to something else um means that every model in your army or every model with this keyword gets to fire overwatch they're gonna have Which to they're gonna have to write the, the tau stuff very carefully because based off of this they can either make me shelf my town for the majority of ninth or it's going to be one of those armies that's going to be busted right Just out the door run like tons of breachers it'll be stupid annoying oh yeah that would be hey, incredibly I like breachers, an annoying thing to do I, I think tower probably gonna be pretty annoying with how the like melee focus how, how the game is shifting to like a big not shifting but there seems to be a big like melee uh, boost going on with the game. I, I have my doubts that GW wouldn't swing the pendulum like really far in Tau's favor, especially how hard they've been shafted like in ninth, done that ninth, eighth like multiple times. Yeah, uh, but they've done Iron Hands, so honestly, 
I don't, anything's underhanded <laughs> enough. Yeah, anything can happen. Yeah. We have no idea at yeah. this point. I mean, there's, well, yeah. it's just, there's yeah. just it's so much in the air. Shooting is easy. That's the thing, though. Shooting is very easy. You just point at something and then you shoot it until it dies. However, melee, you have to think about. Positioning is key. I mean, how many games have you seen that have been won or lost by bad placement? But in shooting wise, I mean, it's just do you have line of sight? Yes or no? All right. As long as I got the bigger gun, more than likely I will win. Honestly, so I thing. disagree uh, with shooting. You really have to worry about line of sight and cover and ranges, even with half range or full range, especially when you're talking about bolter discipline. Not bolter discipline. Yeah, bolter discipline, angels of death, stings like that. And with melee, you know, you just run up the board until you're close enough and you charge them. Like, I don't understand, man. So obviously, melee is the smooth brain tactic. <laughs> I on they, they do. There, there is a lot. I mean, obviously, this is this is a a tactical game. It's, it's designed to be a tactical game. It's basically like chess on a very large scale. Uh, is what I always prefer to it as. Every tactical, every everything like tactic cool. Yeah. Right, tactic cool. Shut up, Nick. Uh, but. <laughs> I mean, from from the moment, I mean, games are won and lost in deployment as far as like in competitive play. You will win or lose your game based on deployment and if you deploy properly or not. Uh, And then it just goes from there. I mean, everything that you do, moving, target, uh, for shooting, uh, target priority or prioritizing targets is very important for winning games. Uh, And then melee, melee is a whole nother beast that takes like a, a... some kind of special mind to master because there's so much subtlety in what you can do as far as like toe tapping models and stuff like that to just totally shut down a shooting army like Tau and stuff like that. Yeah, the my biggest annoyance with Warhammer Tabletop is the first first uh whoever goes first wins especially in a shooting versus melee army that's like all games Uh, turns though yeah yeah and it seems like i feel like there could easily be a way to make it to where it's like oh if there's two armies and person who goes first goes first person who goes second gets like a free re-roll or something you know something that gives them a slight advantage that means you know it's like oh I'll give my first turn to the enemy so I can get a free reroll. So the new missions you know? are are advantageous to second players. You don't want to go first anymore because on the on the new missions you don't score points at the beginning of the round anymore. You score points at the end of the battle turn, which is so relevant. Yeah, which is I an advantage, but also first is always at such a high advantage. That yeah, like matter. that that doesn't even out but I don't think that evens it out enough. Yeah. Because like but if you can yeah, establish yourself I properly agree. on your first turn and take advantage of it, then they shouldn't be able to deal with you on their turn. Yeah, that's yeah. And it's so, only, and it's only fair because it's a reactive on a, play on a at that point. Perfect in a perfect vacuum. You'd have a table with terrain, you'd have a table with thick terrain that your models can move into, and you have would have enough you should directly have enough terrain that it doesn't matter who went first because the board should be thick i don't think the problem is within the mechanics of the game i think the problem lies within people not having enough terrain on their boards because even if you go to like the standard uh, rtts or gts nowadays or even if you play at home you know sometimes you and your friends don't have enough terrain and the boards are so weak and open 
Because, you know, whenever I see any bow reports, I, their tables are thick. And usually when I see GW post things about their boards, it's usually um, a lot of terrain. Well, like right? in 9th edition, they've already talked about, based on the game size you're playing, like points, and mm-hmm. the table size, uh, there's going to be a terrain setup. So, like, there'll be not, like, a setup. Like, you have to set it here, here, and here. But like a number of train, like a number of ruins and stuff like that, obstacles that you have to or should play with, like a recommended amount of terrain to keep For the table balanced. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because yeah. terrain is so important. Yeah, I was going like, to say that's I mean, that's what it comes down to in deployment. Like did as as if I'm going second and I know I'm going second, which now the new rules you already know, like, OK, based on our roll off, it's not like a 50 50 chance. It's I'm going right. second without any kind of seizing so i already know that if i'm going second then i don't need to forward deploy i don't have to worry about getting seized on or anything like that i'm playing with um i'm playing inside terrain or or blocking especially with new rules that make it minus one to hit would obviously make a big difference for whoever goes first trying to shoot you yeah but like obviously but but i feel like that's half the the skill the the army that's going first and like whether it's a melee army shooting army high mobility low mobility tank heavy infantry heavy like there's so many factors that go into it but right when but you're then, going first mm-hmm. you get the first opportunity to take advantage of the board state and like at, at the end of the day a board that has enough terrain set up to where the person going first can't take advantage of it that seems like like far too much but that's the that's the intention though right no it's, you, if even i think no I think so the part of the because that like would the, completely hamstrung anything other yeah. than a melee army if I, there's so much terrain the person going first can't like take a no, turn sorry let me I, let me rephrase that it's okay because you deployment is super important and just because you're going first in a terrain thick field you have the first opportunity to hold points you have the opportunity to to move your army in such a way that it discourages your opponent's army from moving in such a way. Like you, you really have control of choke points and stuff like that. And I know they may, they may not seem like an important thing, but getting your models there first sometimes is more important than just shooting to win. Right. Like there's a lot that goes into this. And I don't know if we are, I don't know until my edition drops, if we are equipped enough to really, discuss what we need to discuss about it does that make sense i mean it it's it's fair it is fair to say that it's it's easy enough to say that yeah first person goes if they should have left the board you right obviously most armies aren't going to get tabled only only the strongest ranged armies can table someone in one turn if not what's the new range for tables now it's 44 by 60 yeah uh, I'm, no, I'm not. It is 44 sure. by 60. Yeah. So if you look at the oh, okay. the standard, so okay. So here's so, another thing we have to talk about. We haven't talked about deployment zones yet. I don't know if they're gonna. We don't know if they're gonna change yet. We don't know what's going on. But using what we have right now, as a um, um, a a platform. I don't know what the right word is. As a tool. An outline. To predict. Yes. To predict what. Ninth edition might bring. The only thing that really might screw you up is if you get Dawn of War. So, Other than that, most of those maps are so wide 
that it shouldn't be a problem. You shouldn't most of your units shouldn't be able to shoot turn one anyway. So what they've done is and they've showed us some of the maps and or Have some they? of the deployments. What it is, it's like uh, we're still 24 inches away from each other in most deployment cases. Uh, the difference mm-hmm. being that the amount of space that I have to deploy has been cut down. If that makes sense. So, I mean, as far as like engagement range for melee and stuff, we're still the same equal distance apart. I'm not going to get, you know, an 18. We're not going to start 18 inches away. Just can't deploy as far back. Basically. Yeah, you just you just have less room for deployment. So what what they're trying to do is they're trying to narrow the field so that it's not like current 8th edition where if I'm a melee army playing against like Eldar and Wave Serpents, I can never touch them because they're moving so fast. I'll never reach them if I happen to deploy over here and they deployed over there. You know, the table's smaller so that the game moves along quicker because we get to each other. But I think the whole point of this was to speed up the game. Uh, was their so, was their overall well, speed up goal. engagement in the game at least? Well, no, they're so talking they about something... like mm-hmm. even even a strike voice, strike force, or two thousand strike voice, strike voice. I'm a Jesse kind of guy. Yeah. Strike voice. I mean, they're talking about uh, <laughs> they're talking about a combat patrol up to an hour, incursion up to two hours, strike force up to three hours, or a three thousand point game up to four hours uh, at onslaught. <laughs> So, I mean, they're... and we haven't talked about it yet. Maybe they're changing gun ranges because a seven, okay, a 14 inch gun, sure, it's a shotgun, right? Sure, whatever. But fire. that's still, that's still, uh, yeah, it's rapid fire. But the fact that they have 14 inch guns now, it leads me to kind of think that maybe gun ranges are being modified, right? Because that's, that's a number we've never seen. It's not a 12, it's not a 24, it's not a 36, it's not a 48, it's a 14. That's really weird. I think they're I, just I, being weird. No, dog. I think I think they are honestly maybe gonna mess with gun links or gun ranges, because that was the problem, right? Thirty-six inch guns are just crazy. Forty-eight inch guns are also insane, and then you have sixty inch guns, which are basically the whole map, right? I mean, and that is kind of toxic. Guns? There, there are sixty inch guns too, and hundred. I guess yeah, there are some sixties. But the point I'm trying I can't to make think of is, any, but yeah. The point I'm trying to make is maybe they're trying to change sniper rifles. Now yes. snipers are at least on scouts are uh, like thirty. Oh, minus seventy-two. Hee <laughs> hee. Oh, the uh, Archivist, whatever the Archivist, yeah, seventy-two D yeah. three shots. Yeah. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is I think they're maybe maybe trying to change gun gun ranges too, like rate of uh, fire ranges, which would hopefully tone back shooting armies enough to where the smaller maps aren't just devastating because i mean do they need to tone back shooting armies i think they still need to because if you're sitting in the back of the map and you have free reign of the board to shoot still that's still pretty awful and gross well the thing is with the suggestions for terrain they seem kind of it seems like they're trying to make a space where you can't just sit back and shoot people Especially with how they've been, like not effectively as like a, as a like game plan. Mm-hmm. I, I so I, I really think they're trying to force people to either go for like a melee game plan or force you to do like a hybrid game plan. I, I really don't think sitting at the back will be effective just with the stuff I've seen so far. 
Because they're like, letting you move your tanks up. You're allowed to move your tanks up because your tanks can still shoot if they get charged. Yeah. I think I think the point was with the with the limiting terrain or the the optional or the suggested limits to terrain <clears throat> are supposed to reduce the amount of train on a typical board. Like they don't want the table to be saturated in in just Uses nothing terrain. but train. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it was meant to reduce the amount of train or train, not increase it. So I, again I, I really feel like like they they overtuned melee to such a degree that that they had to do something because if the table is just nothing but train and I can just walk from train to train across the board, um, then, then I would I would never get shot at or I wouldn't care. <laughs> right. And they only get to overwatch you once. Yeah. In most if they're armies. Lucky. Assumedly. Yeah. We assume they only get to overwatch you once in most armies. Okay. Speaking of Overwatch and CP and such, one thing though that I'm really excited about, and this is going somewhere, so Death Guard recently got some new rules, and there's some really good stuff in there, like there's some really fun stuff and some stuff that I could see like being able to be made into competitive stratagems and everything, but they turned Death Guard into a army where I really only use like two or three stratagems to a very, very uh, CP hungry army which is feeding into something that they that i'm really liking the base cp that everybody's starting out with it doesn't matter if you're custodies or orcs everybody gets 12 at 2000 points mm. what do you guys make of that i think love it's a it. good choice it's a really good choice yeah i, I think do. i love it it shuts down admec and that's all i care about it doesn't really shut me down. Oh my goodness. More. How, hold on. Be... Look, how many CP do you use right now competitively on turn one? I, I believe that the answer is like 16. No, it depends on depends on what kind of fresh hell I'm trying to give my opponent. Yeah, it's about 16. <laughs> the kind of fresh what you're trying to give your opponent? Yeah. Fresh, uh, uh, fresh, fresh warp I'm trying to give my opponent. Yeah. Uh, of course, a, a drubbing. Yeah, a drubbing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but listen, there are some tried and true methods, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I have. Yeah, but I. I, I know. But I have I've, used 18 CP in turn one. Exactly. I've played against you. I know what you do on on your turn one. I've seen you play in tournaments before. Every tournament you use, because you bring a double battalion or battalion and a and a, a brigade. Uh, a brigade. I mean, you're you're maxing out CP. Limiting CP is huge, especially now. Is you only get one free choice. It could be whatever size you want, but whichever one your warlord is in, that's free. So if you take an outrider detachment with your warlord, then that's your free one. You got to pay CP if you're going to bring another battalion or a brigade. You got to spend the, CP. The thing for is, it. though, this is actually better for me uh, because now the problem is I have, especially recently with the new units, I have a lot of elasticity and it's, it was very hard to bring a good list that wasn't that had so enough the problem, yeah because there's just so many good things i can do and i didn't have enough points to do so this actually makes it to where i want a mono faction but that's not that's not here nor there i think we're losing track of the focus of 
um, new CP and what this means for people. Yeah. So let's 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 get back on track. That can be another topic for another day. So yeah, ba- I, basically the way that it, that it's working is is whichever. So you get it just it's built the same way as it is currently. So you're gonna have your outriders, vanguards, battalions, brigades, patrols, everything like that. Whichever one that you bring your warlord with, that's the free one. So you get one free one, no matter what the size is. Uh, and then beyond that, um, your uh, you lose command points for each additional whatever you get. And it's like, so instead of it being like, get one additional CP if you bring a outrider attachment, now it's you lose one CP to bring it or two CP to bring it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but like a battalion detachment costs three CP right out the get go. So if you're playing uh, a strike force mission with 2000 points, you can bring three detachments. You get one for free and you can spend six of your 12 CP to bring two more. So really you like always want to have your warlord in a brigade or a battalion and try to work off of that. Yeah. As far as I know, really it's, hard, it's supposed to make it free. So, like, the way the battalion is worded, it's worded that uh, command benefits. So, the command, it costs three CP to take the battalion detachment. However, if your warlord's a part of the detachment, you get three command points back. So, it's effectively free. So, in a brigade, you may still only get, like, three back, but it costs you six. So, it still inevitably costs you three. It hasn't quite specified that, but the way that it seemed to be worded is it was going to be free no matter what size mm-hmm. if you bring your HQ choice as that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty nice. And then they also kind of fix transports where you can only bring one transport per infantry unit taken. So you can no longer bring transports for your land raiders, which hurt my dream of a entire army with nothing but razorbacks just all razorbacks and land raiders <laughs> all razorbacks and predators that was it <laughs> say how many how many how many razorbacks do you own you mean are those rhino chassis are those rhino chassis <laughs> well you know yeah. if you can guess it i'll give you a free start collecting box but and not you the customer. we definitely haven't said the answer in a previous episode yeah. 48 so close no <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because before <laughs> Nick starts rambling on answers, um, what do wow, you got? What I else was the did... one that kept it going along. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> continue, continue, continue. Phoenix, go ahead and I'll tip you if you just mute him for the entire podcast. <laughs> hey, make sure you... Yeah, I want my I want my fifty battle pass points, please. <laughs> tip me next. What is this? What is this? I am, I am excited though to actually see this because there are so many there are so many times where like I would I wanted to like try out new different ways to play certain armies or anything but the thing though is that based on more elite armies you only had you know your nine to play with and then after you give your dudes you know some extra toys and everything you're basically done you may have like you know five or six starting out and that's basically mm-hmm. it it allows new ways to like actually be able to like try out new things and everything which oh, i which i like i 100 percent agree with you felipe like i've never been more excited to own a custody's army in my life to be able to, <laughs> to be able to start with 12 cp Without having to bring my loyal thirty two. Oh it's so nice. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so I just realized so I just realized something too. This means that um means that um they I think they've now officially solved 
the suit problem. Yeah, because it costs I... you CP to bring oh, your suit. Oh, dude, all of Ninth Edition feels like they're entirely saying screw soup. They're everything is building up to like no, them trying to get rid of. Soup. It's not fair for them to say screw soup. I think it's more you really gotta pay for it if you really want to do soup. Yeah, they, the soup they is still going to be don't good. Want to soup period i mean think about all the the benefits that you get for not being soup think about space marines think about that's uh, not fair to soup though. and everything but that's not that's, that's not fair to soup like because chicken little because soup and they're taking it away from me because uh, people still because might want to play soup armies and i feel like in a game everything should have its place or everything should have use in the competitive yeah. meta i know yeah it's, know it's not gonna use. happen it's going to suck being chaos because chaos soups so well, but so well. Yeah, sometimes I like a little chaotic soup myself. It sucked to be chaos ever since they changed the Iron Hands buff and nerfed Dark Angels though. Like spaghetti. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I, I do. Uh, I do want to just out of curiosity, what you guys think? What are they gonna do with like Gilliman and and uh, with Marnius Calgar and Cast or er, Lord Castling Creed? I'm sorry. Uh, are those they just cost CP. <laughs> good. Wait, the Lords guys, of War cost you CP. Guys. That's a good thing. Well, I'm saying that guys, they're. Uh, I have an epiphany. Like their abilities, like one of their inbuilt abilities, like if you bring Gilliman as your warlord, isn't it like three CP that you get extra? Like, do you still get that three CP extra? I mean, same probably. Thing with Castling Creed, you get two. Probably. That's fine. They're That's gonna fine. I think they're gonna axe it. I'm putting my money down. Because no, I think that's okay though, because if he if he because he's not free, because he a uh, battalion costs three CP after the free but the free one you get. Well, so yeah. basically he, but he basically just pays for your next attachment. I mean, that's I all. could because if I bring Castling Creed, I could have well because he has to be your warlord anyways. But but like so, say if I bring Castling Creed as my warlord, I get the three back for the battalion. I get two extra. Then I get a basically get an extra battalion for just one CP of soup. So it, it literally cost me nothing. That cost me one CP to bring soup yeah, sure. whatever I want. And and that named character has a forced warlord trait that you have to take on him. But Castling Creed is actually not the worst. I mean, yeah, sure, yes. sure. But like that's a thing, yeah, right? It's not like, like yeah, I mean, that's yeah, like it's got its downsides. It's limiting you. Yeah. In a different way. I understand. But at the so, same time, like, like Gilliman, I mean, it's, it's three no, CP. Sure. <laughs> but you can't put Gilliman, Gilliman in a regular detachment, right? He's a Lord of War, isn't he? Yeah, you can put him in a Supreme Command detachment. Exactly. So you would have so, to you, – you couldn't put him in a detachment that you're trying to get for free. So really all you're doing is, is just – Gilliman for free. <laughs> is bring Gilliman for free. Which seems pretty good to me. I mean, I just well, yeah, pay, yeah. you got to pay also, the, the points. But, but also, you're yeah. making Gilman your warlord. And from what I remember, people aren't usually making Gilman their warlord. I do. Yeah, because I'm fluffy. And if Gilman's on the table, he's most certainly running I'm the show. I'm fluffy. I'm <laughs> mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't believe you. Well, just from, from my understanding of how people run Gilman, usually they have a warlord that's like has a good warlord trait. And no, then they have Gilman killing the entire enemy army. Oh, there's too many. Yes, there's too fun. many benefits to taking an a generic um, character than to taking a named one. I mean, uh, how many relics is it worth putting on a generic character? I understand competitively. Yes, you definitely you just take a regular captain with a burning blade because he's just as good. I mean, he's amazing. 
But, I mean, it's Gilliman. He's Rebute Maticus. You can't not make him your warlord. He does have daddy sword. I, I would not say a regular captain with a burning blade is as good as Gilliman. <laughs> I definitely would not say that. I think the granddaddy of all emperors, uh, big old sword, would be, you know, the epitome of death yeah, it, when it, it comes it to knocking really on the door. I, it's been a long time since I've calculated the average damage on that horrifying monster of a weapon. But it's like, it's stupid. Oh, I uh, I was watching that one video where it says Gazgul versus the uh, uh, Gilliman. I can't remember who wins, but it's by like, it's by like uh, like one damage. Yeah, because it takes Gilman four turns to kill him. Because <laughs> it said like, it said Gilliman wins. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it says Gilliman wins. And the only reason Gilliman wins is because uh, his shooting. Yeah, his shooting phase is his, his shooting phase is awful, and, and Gilliman's shooting phase is really good. Yeah. It's not, yeah. And even though his damage is technically stronger, it doesn't really matter. Gilliman dying and coming back. Yeah, because Gilliman's damage, he, he can get at least 2.1 two damage off on average or something in a shooting phase basically Gaskell's terrible anyway so uh what were we talking about against cg or something yeah yes Gaskell's pretty cool i actually like the model he's pretty good yeah model yeah, model is, cool he's, uh, he's a great bad. model listen I mean, uh, could be better oh, good. one thing we didn't Grasco talk about bad. was uh the new the new changes to characters and the lookout sir rule uh really, let's go over that real quick yeah. we're running out of time yeah real quick here uh, so basically, they changed lookout, sir. So it's still set to nine nine wounds or less. Uh, however, now you have to be within three inches of another friendly. Uh, sorry, hold on. Within yeah, three inches basically, of another you friendly can't vehicle have... or monster unit while within three inches of a friendly that has. Oh, so basically, you have to have your character within three inches of a unit that has three or more models. Yeah. And then, and then you can't target that character. But if there's just a character four inches away from everything, like say you have Gilliman in like a 12-inch bubble and he's just standing out in the open with nine wounds, you could last cannon him to death from across the field no matter how many Marines are in front of him. So it's really going to be like placement's going to be super important. And like Death castles just, have to yeah, move just, inwards. Like even bodyguards it, might come back. Even even like, um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the bodyguards definitely are coming back out. But because like even if I am, uh, you know, say I had like a line of troops and then I had scouts right around Gilliman and they're the only things within three inches, I could just shoot out the scouts and then shoot Gilliman without having to worry about the first line of defense, which is I mean, it's going to make character defense a, like a much bigger thought process when moving it. It's not just like. Oh yeah, there's three units in front of him. You're probably not going to shoot the three units. It's how many units are within three inches of Gilliman? <laughs> and you're never going to have important. that. Um, you're never going to have that situation again, where you've got like a smash captain, like 50 inches away from the rest of your army, 
but there's like a dude like two inches closer that's yep. like on the other side of the board than yep. him so you can't shoot him and you hold him it's it was always so stupid to have 100%. a single guy like a mile away from the rest of the army but you can't hit him because this yeah. one guy won't fail morale or like yo pre-game i drop a unit of scouts right in the middle of the table and cover like line of sight blocking terrain so it's like well now you can't target my characters until they cross the halfway point no, yeah, just like anymore. ever. Yeah, yeah just... I mean, I'll be honest. I have abused that rule so many times. So yeah, I, why to. can't I shoot? Why can't I shoot that single smash captain? I would be like, because I have a single marine all the way over here. Yeah, and it's just like in the opposite direction, but, but it's still like you like know, twenty four inch inches. Closest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty four inches instead of like twenty six inches. Yeah. Or something like and I that. do that. Like a cut. Like I'll see the the other player like looking at one of my models over here. And I pull out my measuring tape and I start looking for any other character or any other model that's closer than that one character. <laughs> Just like, okay, hold on, let me check these ranges real quick. Eh, okay, I guess you can shoot them. <laughs> so, but well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, I think this is an amazing change to Ninth Edition. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, with that last shenanigan talk about, I think it's, uh, it's time to start wrapping this up. That's all the time for tonight. Thank you, as always, to all of our friends for joining us. Be sure to check out our Discord for all the strategy talk, painting show-off, and advice, and those juicy 40k memes. Take a peek at our Patreon if you feel so inclined to help us not file bankruptcy due to our plastic toy man obsession. You can find all of this by searching D, Tabletop Shenanigans. It's just a phase. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a problem, I swear. Yeah. Signing off. Signing off. <laughs> this is Matthew. It's Nicholas. Your boy Phil. Alex. And your host, Felipe. Bye. Bye.